Hey, thank you so much for coming uh, to church today. This is a fun day to be in the house of God. And uh, I believe this could be a day of breakthrough for us. And uh, I want us to understand the concept of breakthrough in our life. Uh, there, are, there are days of breakthrough where you are leaving your past and moving into your future. Uh, that happened for all of us. Um, October 17th, 1981 was a day of breakthrough for me because that was the day I said to my bride, I do. And once my theology is this, once you say I do, you're done. So you just make a commit and things are not the same anymore. You got to share your toothpaste. That's no fun. Not as bad as sharing your toothbrush. That's not gonna happen. Uh, especially not with my wife. She is not gonna happen. She is not gonna share her toothbrush. But uh, it, is, it is a day of breakthrough for, uh, for you, for me, when the day we say, I do. What was before now changes, and what is future now changes. How many of you remember the day your first child is born, everything changes? Now, come on. It's like, I always tell people when they first get married, don't have kids yet because they just swallow all the air. <laughs> I used to think for the first 18 years, but now I realize it's way longer than that. <laughs> and uh, they're your kids for the rest of your life. And, and the thing is, you're like, you can't give them back. You know, you can't go, oh, you're, you're just taking up too much air in this house. Yeah, we, we're giving you back for a few days. But, uh, but once kids come into, into your world, let me know things change. How many of you would say that the day you gave your life to Jesus, things changed for you, right? I remember very specifically uh, when I gave my heart to Christ and, uh, and then a few months later in a church service, the recognition that I had, I had asked him to be my savior, but I really had not committed to him to be my Lord. And uh, those were both monumental days in my life. There are days when you say no to your past and yes to your future. We have the potential for that today. There are days where we pass through gates in life that mark before and after. And, and I've found often, this isn't always the way to kind of indicate markers in life, but i found often that, that those markers are, are places or decisions that brought me to those places. And okay, when I think about the history of our church, I remember when we first started our church, we were meeting this little days in conference room at max could seat 60 people in the room. And that place kind of defined our church in many ways. And when we outgrew it and moved to the uh, Tunnel Road office park, it was like I could look back to that as a marker of time. And there was like, here is a, here is a day that marked a whole new day 
for the life of our church. And then we were in the, that uh, office park for six months or so, and we really caught some traction and tripled in size, had to move to Turtle Creek Shopping Center. And I remember us being there, and that place kind of defined our church for a couple of years. And then the day that we moved away from the shopping center and bought this land, built this building, I still remember the, our first service in this building and what happened in the life of our church. In other words, there, there were days that we passed through a gate and entered into a new season entered into a new era. And then even uh, as we outgrew this building and built our annex uh, that is behind us for the next generation, it was, it was a move that was a commit to say, we are here for the next generation. We are not just going to be about ourselves. We're going to be about what's coming. I think even when I think about my family, uh, there's, you know, places that we've lived. I remember when Suzette and I first got married and we lived in this little tiny one-bedroom apartment in in Dallas, Texas, and how that kind of defined us. We had zero money, like zero money. So when we got married, we actually, uh, there, I had a mattress and a box spring and a stereo. <laughs> the essentials. Uh, of, of life. That's all we had. And, I, and we just were committed to not get into debt. So we, we had boxes that, uh, that had underwear, socks, other. <laughs> and and it, it, was a, it was a defining season. It wasn't a, a better or a worse season, but it was a defining thing. And when we finally got to the point where we said, we're ready to buy a house, walking through that gate was a scary place to walk through. But when we moved into that and then bought in our next house and then bought our next house, here's what I want to say to you. There are always battles at the gates for breakthrough to a new season. There's always a battle at the gate. When you step up to the gate of the new season, of the new level, of the new thing that you feel like God wants to do in your life, there is going to be a battle at that gate. And I just, I'm here today to say to you what maybe you think is a wall or a barrier, God has a gate that you can walk through that will take you to your next level. Anybody ready for that? And I want us to, I want us to understand uh, a breakthrough theology in life. 2 Samuel 5 verse 20, uh, David is facing off. Uh, with the Philistines. So the Bible says, uh, David went to Baal Perazim and defeated the Philistines there. The Lord did it, David exclaimed. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So he named that place Baal, which is God, Baal Perazim, which means the Lord who breaks through. And what I want to say to you is that when you get to that gate of the next season or the next level or the new place that, that God wants to take you to, God is a God of breakthrough. And when you walk through that gate, something happens on the other side that you didn't realize was going to happen when you were on this side of it. 
And it sometimes takes a long time to get to your suddenly. How many of you have found this out about God? God takes a long time to move suddenly. And this journey for us with uh, the project that we're facing right now has taken twists and turns that I would have never imagined when we entered into it. But here's what I know. That's the process. That's the journey. And then when you get up to the gate, there is a walk through the gate that brings you into a new season of breakthrough. The concept of gates is found throughout the Bible. A couple verses, Genesis 28, 17. This is Jacob in his dream, and he says he, he, was, he was afraid, said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate. Everybody say the gate. The gate of heaven. Matthew 16, verse 18, this is Jesus. He says, I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates, everybody say gates, gates. the gates of Hades, the gates of hell shall not overpower it. Genesis 22:17. God is giving a promise to Abraham. He says, indeed, I will greatly bless you. I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens, as the sand which is on the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate. Everybody say the gate. The gate of your enemies. One more verse. Uh, Psalm 24, verse 7. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come on in. And I think it should be evident to us that there are clearly spiritual gates. The house of God is a gate of heaven. Hell has gates. We can possess the gate of our enemies. We can, we can lift up gates for the king of glory to come on in. There's a battle that's going on at the gate. Heaven is attempting to enter through a gate. Hell is attempting to enter through a gate. And your world, my world, our world has gates. Sometimes they look like, I remember when I was a little boy, I lived in a neighborhood that had a bunch of kids and uh, my parents uh, always told me, you can't go past the stop sign at the end of the block. I didn't really have a need to. We had. 40, 50, 60 kids. I mean, we just had a lot of kids in our neighborhood. So I really had a great little world, and, and it was fun, and we played ball, and we just did kids stuff and chased the man ball and something, something else with the ball. We just liked the ball, uh, you know, football, baseball, you name it, softball, whatever, and the mush ball, cabbage ball. Anybody ever play cabbage ball before? Cabbage ball is awesome. And uh, so anyway, uh, but they always told me you can't go past the stop sign. And of course, you know, I'm a little boy, uh, and I do what little boys do is I go up to the stop sign and sort of look past the stop sign to see, wonder what's on the other side of that stop sign. But you know, when I'm five or six years old, I'm like, okay, that's what's, okay, I better back up because if my mama sees me by this stop sign, I'm gonna be in serious trouble. 
And, and I, I, I recognized that there really was an entire world beyond that stop sign, but because my parents told me, you can't go past the stop sign, it took me finally growing up enough, and with their permission, <laughs> to go past the stop sign and enter into a whole new world. Every one of us has stop signs. We all encounter gates, that if we're going to walk through them, it's the only way we're going to enter into the breakthrough that God has for us on the other side. Anybody follow me on this? Right? So, I mean, you might be right now facing off with a gate of fear, and you are afraid of the unknown that's on the other side. But you know that God is, is speaking to your heart to take that step. Maybe, maybe you're facing off with the gate of who is your source, really. And that you are having to step through that gate and recognize that God is your source. Maybe, maybe you're facing the gate of a new responsibility. When, you, when you're faced with having to carry the load of something you've never carried before, maybe you're facing the gate of disappointment. Everybody's faced the gate of disappointment. What am I going to do with my soul? What am I going to do with my heart? What am I going to do with my faith? What am I going to do with my outlook when I face the gate of I am disappointed, I am discouraged, this is not working like I want it to work? Am I going to let that disappointment be a barrier, be a wall, or let it be a gate? Every one of us is going to face the gate of offense. Everybody can sing the Somebody Done Me Wrong song. And you can find somebody who hurt you, some church who hurt you, some pastor who hurt you, some church member who hurt you, somebody at work who hurt you, some boy who hurt you, some girl who hurt you. There's a lot of hurt out there. And that can either become a barrier to your life or you can, you can walk through the gate and recognize I'm not going to let offense define my life ever again. Maybe you're, maybe you're entering into the gate of new thinking, new outlook, new paradigm. And I'm saying to us today, every time we walk up to a gate, it might look like a wall, it might look like a barrier, but God has a gate for us to walk through, and there is warfare at those gates. Gates are entry levels to new levels. Gates are entry points to go to a new place in life. So Isaiah 62 um, is what I want to talk about today. <clears throat> so introduction over. <laughs> On your walls, O Jerusalem, and I, I like to personalize the Bible. On your walls, O Asheville, I have appointed watchmen. All day, all night, they will never keep silent. You who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves. <clears throat> Those people who stand and pray for God's will to be done and God's kingdom to come, 
Those people who stand and declare the promises of God, that he's going to be faithful to those promises. Those people who have a vision for what God wants to do in the earth, a vision of something that doesn't exist yet, but they're, they're crying out for it. They know it's in the heart of God. They know God's put it in their heart, and they're reaching for it. Those people who say, my church is praying 21 days of prayer, and we are going to, we are going to remind the Lord. We're going to take no rest for our ourselves. We're going to give him no rest until he establishes and makes Asheville a praise in the earth. Amen. Asheville's got a name in our world right now. It's got a name as the sweet cesspool of sin. It's got a name as the beer capital of the USA. It's got a name for all kinds of crazy stuff. I love the fact that Asheville has a personality. But I believe God has a plan. And God loves Asheville. And God wants to pour out his grace on Asheville. He wants to pour out his spirit on Asheville. He wants to make Asheville a praise in the earth. Anybody with me on this one? Come on. All day, all night, we are crying out. We're not just going to church services. We are believing God to do something amazing in our region. And then Isaiah 62 moves into this idea. Go through, go through the gates. Clear the way for the people. Build up. Build up the highway, remove the stones, lift up a standard over the peoples. When you and I go through the gates, it clears the way for people. It builds the highway for people. It removes the obstacles, the stones. It lifts a standard. Our breakthrough has an impact on other people. Through, throughout history, you've seen people that walk through gates that opened up doors for other people around them. History tells us that Thomas Edison, 10,000 attempts to create a light bulb. A long time. Till finally, a suddenly. Anybody glad he created light bulbs? Discovered how to create lighting. If it's a good thing he did, we'd all be sitting in the dark right now. For years, people, people pounded at the gate. Can somebody run a four-minute mile? Can somebody run a four-minute mile? Then a man named Roger Bannister broke through and ran the first four-minute mile. Now, anybody who's at any kind of competitive level in running the mile can run under four minutes because when someone goes through the gate, it clears the way for other people. It builds the highway for other people. It removes the stones from other people. Anybody know who Johnny Weissmuller is? Johnny Weissmuller was the first Tarzan. 
He was, he was the one that created the Tarzan yodel yell. Anybody know what that is? Anybody? Let me, let me hear your best Tarzan yell. Oh, remember that? Anybody know about that? That was Johnny Weissmuller. But, but his real place in history, beyond giving us a moment here in church today, was Johnny Weissmuller broke 50 world records in his time as a swimmer. He was the first person to break through the one-minute barrier in swimming the 100-meter freestyle. No one ever done it before him. He was the first person to swim the 440 freestyle in under five minutes. He, he won 52 uh, U.S. national champions. He broke 50 world records in his life. He was the first guy to ever go under a minute in a 100-meter freestyle. Now, and this was like in the 1920s to 40s, somewhere in there, now high school girls break that record every swim meet that ever happens because somebody broke through the gate and made it possible for others to enter in. Come on. This is what we're here to today. We are a, we're looking at a gate. Let's hope we're not like cows looking at a new gate. But we're, we're looking at a gate. And, and our, the vision is this. This isn't just about us having a place to drink coffee and eat our sandwiches. This is about clearing the way. Somebody say, clear the way. Clear the way. We want to we clear the way, not clutter the way. We, instead of making it hard for people to connect to God, we want to make it easy for people. It's already hard enough. We had somebody at our house giving us an estimate on something uh, a while back in a little project that we're in the middle of, and uh, Suzette was talking to him, and they said, yeah, I came to your church one time, uh, and we, she's like, oh, where's this going to go? And, and the guy says, yeah, not, not deep enough for me. <laughs> you must be one of those seeker-sensitive kind of churches. And Suzette says, well, we do want to see people meet Jesus. <laughs> Instead of cluttering the way, we're clearing the way, yeah. right? Yeah. Come on. And then it says that we build up the highway. And all, all I want to say is the wall that we all know about, notwithstanding, let's remove that for a moment, and let's just remember this as a church. We are committed to building bridges, not walls. We, 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 are, we are about building up the highway for people to experience an amazing life in God. And then it says clear the stones. 
Clear the stones out of the way. Open wide the gates. Open up the gates. There's a battle at the gates. And part of the the battle is this. You're clearing the stones. Stones are obstacles. Stones are things that are in the way of where you want to go. And I just want to make sure we all know this. Nobody's life is obstacle-free. Nobody's path upward is obstacle-free. There are stones, there are obstacles, there are things that stand in the way of people getting. And some people, they just say, well, I guess that stone means I shouldn't go any further. No, let's clear the stone away. Once you break through, once you remove obstacles, I hope you know you're not just removing obstacles for your own sake, but you are opening the gate for other people. And I can't tell you how important it is to get the right mindset on obstacles, to get the right mindset on roadblocks, because it's not the, the obstacle that's stopping you. It's your inability to move the obstacle that's stopping you. And that's why you want to start hanging around people who don't let obstacles define their life Because that's an easy excuse. But there are people who have learned how to move obstacles out of the way, and you got, that's the kind of people you want to get around. People who've removed the obstacles so they've cleared the way, they've cleared the stones. And when you find people who've removed the obstacles, hang out with them. <laughs> get around them. Don't look for people who are making excuses. Look for people who've learned how to move obstacles out of the way. And maybe it would be good for some of us to become that person. And then the last thing it says, Isaiah 62:10, is to lift up a standard. Hey, you know what? The world is always trying to pull us down. And I'm saying to you, this is a great day for us to not lower the standard to what's around us, but let's lift up the standard. Let's lift up the standard of abundant life. Let's lift up the standard of excellence. Let's lift up the standard of God is a great God, not a puny little religious figure that we shove into the corner. Let's lift up the standard that God is a good God who loves to do good things. Hey, let's lift up the standard of choosing love instead of choosing hate. Let's lift up the standard of choosing unity instead of feeding disunity. Hey, listen, I'm going to ask you not to be a hater. I'm going to ask you to be the kind of person who lifts a higher standard. I read a quote of somebody the other day. They said, have you ever met a hater who's doing better than you? Me neither. Uh, All hating does, all trying to pull other people down, All that does for you is diminish your life. Come on, let's lift a higher standard than that. Let's go for a higher thing than that.
Hey, let's all say this together. We are way clearers, highway builders, stone removers, standard raisers. Let's say it again. We are way clearers, highway builders, stone removers, standard raisers. All this is bringing us to this. This move to a better place requires us to go through the gate, to not be so occupied with my problems and my issues that I can really start to recognize if I go through the gate, I am opening the way. Somebody is waiting for you to take it to the next level. Come on. Hey, men, come on. Your family is waiting for you to get on fire for God. Ladies, I'll leave you alone for today. I think this project that we are launching today what we're really doing is walking up to the gate. It's not done. We're just breaking ground. It's fun to break ground. Now, we got to walk through the gate. It's not enough just to go, now that is a gate. <laughs> and to do an analysis of the gate and do a word study of the gate and do a description of the gate and do a historical perspective of the gate. No, church, 2017 version of the Rock Church, this is our moment to walk through the gate. This is, come on, now it's our turn. I'm praying that we will be faithful to the moment of history that we find ourselves in. I'm praying that this version of the Rock Church turns out to be the best version. Other versions of the Rock Church walk through the gate that built this building and built that building and moved things forward. Now it's our turn. In just a few moments, we're going to go outside and we're going to have a moment to worship, to pray, to put our stake in the ground on what God's doing. But before we go out and do that, I, I want to I ask you a question and I want to pray. What gate are you standing at today? What gate is in front of you? Maybe you've never really given your life to Jesus. You've thought about it, you've hung around it, but you've never just like fully said, Jesus, I submit to you. Maybe you're standing at the gate of you've wandered off and now it's time for you to, you know, to come back, to walk through the gate, to say, I got to come back. To God. I got to come back to my relationship with Him.
Maybe you're standing at the gate of all the reasons why you couldn't, all the stones and obstacles in the way, but this is your day to commit. I'm going to dive in fully to God's purpose for my life. I want you to bow your heads, please, and I want you to close your eyes, and I just want to have a moment of prayer. Father, I'm praying for every one of us in this room. Every one of us, God, is is staring at a gate. It may even appear as a wall. It may even appear as a barrier, but you have a gate. 